Hey everybody, welcome to episode 31 of the Quality Loss Podcast. Uh, I had a missed recording earlier, so we're starting over, uh, hence the emphasis. It is May 3rd, 2017. I am joined with James. Hey guys, how's it going? It's good to be back on for once. Yeah, it's been a while. Uh, and Zach. Hey, what's up, y'all? Um, and then obviously there's me, Duncan. Uh, and so we're going to talk about some football for you. Uh, specifically... Um, the draft but we'll get to that in a minute y'all have anything for your opening kickoff um i mean for me it's just that like this is now the worst part of the year uh because there's no football for a very long time and hockey and basketball are starting to wrap up and so baseball Mm -hmm. season's going on and that's fine but like prior to this like between you know january 1st or you know 7th or whenever the championship game was and now i can like look forward to the draft and geek out over like watching tape and stuff like that and now the draft has happened, and I'm just, like, waiting for minicamp to start. So mm-hmm. um, now there's just uh, no yeah, football, so, and I'm so sad. Um, my NFL team is the Vikings, unfortunately, and I was lucky <laughs> enough that I was scrolling through ESPN the other day, and um, a replay of the FSU-Miami game from this year was on, and I got to see three future Vikings players duke it out in the FSU-Miami game under the lights. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but otherwise... It's a good thing I'm a baseball fan. But then again, being a Minnesota sports fan, I don't have a lot to look forward to. Except yeah, for twins. Miguel Sano hit a woman in the face with a home run ball. Oh, that woman I was like, was, where are you going with this? <laughs> that woman was standing on the second no, deck in that. center field. Wait. So. Oh, man. That's now the second best twins player who has hit someone <laughs> in the face with the ball. <laughs> Do you remember a couple years ago during – sorry, this is entirely not college football related, but a couple years ago during spring training, I think it was Denard Spann, but it might have been Delman Young. I can't remember which one. Hit a ball foul and hit his own mother in the face. Oh, I think that was Delman Young. I think I remember that. Okay, it was either Spann or Young, and it's just the craziest thing. Anyway. Yeah. Oh, she was just like – there was a buffet line in center field, like on top of the better – you know, like – that home run was 460 feet. That's an insane distance. She was just standing there in a buffet line scooping up her food or whatever and just, bam, got hit in the face by a fastball. Oh, shit. All right. The rude um, awakening. So, yeah, football. That's a sport. Um, yeah. It's a sport Maybe. we need to talk about. Not right now, but in the future. Right. Um, um, yeah, I mean, I don't really have a whole lot for my opening kickoff. I've been... I, I have these spans where I travel for a lot and then I stay home for a lot and don't do anything and then I travel for a lot and then I stay home and do nothing and uh, my travel season's about to start back up here in a couple of weeks actually next week um, my girlfriend just passed the bar and so she's getting sworn in and so I have to go down for that I say I have to go to, I want to go down for that I am going down for that um, so you know it's it's a weird time of the year for me because I'm all over the place but yeah, football. Hmm. Field goals. Touchdowns. Yep. Draft. Let's talk draft. All right, Zach. Kick it off with the draft. Cool. So we are recording this podcast where we are going to talk about the NFL draft um, on the Wednesday, almost Thursday after the draft. Um, Hooray. So you've probably already heard everything you want to hear about the draft. Um but that's okay, because we're going to give you more. Uh, so. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not someone that's particularly fond of. It's not that I'm not fond of the draft. I don't hate the draft. It's just I'm not as big into the NFL as I am into college ball. So it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, it's something to watch that's vaguely, tangentially college football related. And so I'll watch it. But mm-hmm. at the same time, it's not something that's huge for me like it is for for you zach or for yeah i don't know about you james but i just love the draft because it's the time where i can like sit down and just watch like tape of all these players and teams that i don't get to see very often during the season um you know like i'll be like oh like jamal adams from lsu uh is projected to go pretty high i should go watch him and i'm just like holy shit this is the next brian dawkins like this dude is freaking awesome um, you know, know that is. oh yeah, well you should go check out his tape. He's awesome. Um, it's not going to happen. <laughs> um, oh. right. So Honestly, I like, really like the draft. Uh, yeah. 
for me, like, but. the big thing about the draft is it's, you know, the start of the part of the season where you still, you know, like, not to be apathetic here, but just, like, you have so much hope for the season, and it's so cool to think of, like, oh, we're going to get a really good contributing rookie class, and even mm-hmm. though that never happens, you know, it's fun to think, oh, my God, we got a steal in the fifth round, right. you know? Yeah. No, I, as, a, as a Titans, I don't, I don't want to say fan because I'm not, like, you know, crazy. But as a person who has seen who the, follows yeah. the Titans and cheers for them regularly. Um, I mean, yeah, it's neat. It was really exciting when they got Mariota last year, and then he did they got Mariota surprisingly well. Two years ago. Two years ago. But, two years ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. See how much <laughs> attention I pay here? Yeah. Uh, it's a, it, I don't know. It's one of those things where it's like, yeah, it's neat, and I'll get caught up a little bit in the actual, like, draft period, but, like, leading up to it, I have no hype for it. Leading after it, or whatever the saying is, after it, I have no real care for it it's one of those things where it's like yeah it's on i'll watch it i'll get into it because i'm desperate for for football right um but yeah so the draft itself uh had its you know shares of ups and downs you know exciting moments boring moments whatever um first things first if everybody uh listening and even you two i think i showed you both in our slack channel um if you guys have not seen is, is the it the video goodell bugger of, wipe? yeah of roger goodell um, wiping a booger on a disabled girl with one leg who was on the stage. Um, immediately pause this podcast, Google that, watch it, and come back. Because um, it's the best. Not the best, it's the worst. But it's hilarious. Um, <laughs> it's the best because it's the worst. Right. Uh, and Philadelphia hosted the draft and um, did a really good job booing Probably Goodell. They booed everyone. Yeah, even they booed everyone. They it wasn't booed just Goodell, ev- it was everyone. Right. Um, yeah, it was great though. They were, they were, they had like precision booing, right? Like when the Eagles <laughs> picked, like Goodell went out on stage and brought out the family of this like veteran who had died, who was a huge Eagles fan or something, and they announced the Barnett pick. And so Goodell comes out, and the crowd is booing him, and then he like switches it over and introduces the people, and they like immediately start cheering. And then mm-hmm. he's like, "Oh, cool, I'm like safe." And then the second he starts talking again, it just switches right back to boos. It was amazing. Um, yeah, <laughs> but honestly, to- they should host the draft in Philly every year if they're going to boo Roger Goodell every time he steps on stage. Yeah, that's all you can ask yeah. for, right? Um, yeah. But um, onto the actual, he gets though. off on that too. Probably. Yeah. Uh, he's sort of uh, racing it, I think. Uh, just to kind of knock down your ego a little bit, Zach. Uh, probably my favorite moment of the draft was when Drew Pearson got up on stage. And yeah. It was pretty said, funny. Thank you for my five championship rings that I won with the Cowboys. Yeah. No, that was a pretty good, consequential pick. Pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's hard to top the uh, the guy that went to the Falcons that just went like oh. full on nuts. Yeah, I wish <laughs> I wish Lee was here to talk about Tack McKinley, um, but we can get there yeah. when we work our way down the board. Um, so let's just do this. I'm just going to say player selections, and if anybody has any thoughts, jump in. So number one pick, Miles Garrett. Browns didn't fuck it up. They took the best player. Um, second pick, the Bears did fuck it up, and they traded oh, God, a bunch of picks. Tricky. The Bears had the third overall pick, and then they traded a bunch of picks up to the second pick uh, for Mitch Trubisky, Mitchell Trubisky, I guess. Um, and and then they promptly, their fans booed him when he was introduced. Yep, because yep, he is not going to be very good, at least right away, no. probably. Um they also just paid like nine quad billion dollars to Mike Glennon. Um, well, and didn't you hear that Mike Glennon was at the draft party? What really? Hosted by the Bears. Oh, that's yeah. great. Um, so then there was this article on Pro Football Talk the other day that said Mike Mike Glennon feels quote cheated on after Trubisky pick. <laughs> uh, I mean, I would. Yeah, it's just like. Ugh, it's so weird. Like, you pay too much money to a dude whose, like, most outstanding quality is his neck, and then you trade the future, like, picks, um, and mortgage the future to trade up one spot when the 49ers were not going to take Trubisky anyway. Um, mm-hmm. For a supremely average quarterback right, that right. made his whole name based on the fact that they did above average in the ACC. Exactly. He and has I remember, 13 oh. career starts. Yep. 30 touchdowns. Eh. In a wide open offense. I remember offense. we talked about Trubisky 
um, before this season in our preseason talk series, I guess, um, because we were discussing, uh, I guess, UNC or whatever, um, and we were talking about how Mitch Trubisky had been a backup who had played, like, super well in his, like, limited time last year, and, you know, we were wondering if he was going to continue that this year, and he was, like, fine, but... um, but, yeah, I don't know. I mean, they still didn't perform well enough for him to be taken, to be traded up for. Right, exactly. That is a bad pick that the Bears are going to regret for a while. Yeah, um, and on, on the flip side, I do kind of feel bad for Trubisky because, I mean, he got picked. He gets to live out his dream of being an NFL quarterback for at least a little bit. Yeah. And he's immediately introduced to his fan base, and the first thing his fan base does is basically gives him a giant middle finger. Yep. Um, hey, but it worked out for Donovan McNabb, so... I mean, yeah, I guess, but at the same time, that's got to be, like, a little hurtful. Yeah, hey, but no, the for shirt sure. that came out and said Sundays are for kissing titties, that was a pretty good outcome. That was pretty yeah, good. Yeah, that was pretty good. Um, I mean, you know, I can't say I disagree with them. I wouldn't necessarily <laughs> agree with them, but I don't disagree with them. All right. Let's keep this uh, PG, Duncan. When have we ever <laughs> done that? I know. Uh, so the third pick was Solomon Thomas from Stanford to the 49ers. Uh, the notable thing about this pick is that um, John Lynch, the new 49ers general manager, uh, went back and took some classes at Stanford a couple years ago to get his degree and was in a class and was a partner on a group project with freshman Solomon Thomas. Um, and Didn't so now post that article on Reddit? Yeah, uh, that was, that was on CFB. Um, yeah, that was me. Yeah, it was. Oh, that was James? James that posted it. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah. Cool. I thought it was which, cool. Which, uh... Which account was that? This is a regular uh, one. Um, uh, okay, so I just stole your thunder. Was, Sorry, James. Was the, was the account <laughs> that I used? Um, no, that's very cool. Uh, yeah. Also, other notable things. Um, pick I'd like is, to. Oh. Okay. Go for it. Uh, what? What? Yeah. Uh, no, I thought I I skipped ahead a little bit. I'm sorry. Oh, I was just gonna say the other notable thing about this pick is that it's the third year in a row the 49ers have drafted a defensive end in the first round. Um. And the other two are not. Surely like, they'll find bad. one that they can keep. But they—I don't even think the other ones were bad. So no, it's, uh, DeForest Buckner and Eric Armstead were two of the best yeah. defensive ends in the league this year. Yeah. So like they have they two very like, good defensive board? ends, and I don't know and what they're going to do huge. with. Right. They're both like six, six, Maybe they're six, seven. Them to like wide receiver. Yep. I'm sure that's it. Oh God, Armstead at tight end. Jeez. <laughs> I mean, uh, hey, anything's possible. Yeah. If that dude from if Baylor, who's like 400 pounds, can do it. Um, but hey, yeah. I probably should remember his name, but I don't. <laughs> um, It'll come back to me. All right, what was your what was your next hot take, James? Uh, it was actually about. I'll I'll hold it. It's about Tennessee. Oh, okay. okay. Next was Leonard Fournette. Uh, that was a pretty good pick by the Jaguars. To, yeah, I was gonna say he went to Jacksonville, yeah. right? He's gonna yeah. be great. Um, he'll probably like lead the league he, in rushing or something like that. Um. It would be kind of funny if he didn't do great after all the hype they got talked about. I mean, I don't wish him to not do great. I want him to do well because he seems like he's a really good person mm-hmm. as far as I can tell. But after all of the hype that he's gotten, if he ended up just being, like, really average, I, I don't know that I can help myself from laughing. That's fair. Um, but, okay, so Titans. <laughs> yeah, let's, uh, who'd we get? Corey, Corey Davis, Davis uh, wide receiver out of Western Michigan. Um, yeah. I was honestly very surprised that we didn't take Mike Williams. Um, there are similar type players, I feel like. We? Bro, I'm a Titans fan. Because of Mariota. Yeah. Oh, right, right, right. I, I, am stra- I am straight up about that. I'm a Titans fan only because of your quarterback. Yeah, it's like how I was a Colts fan for a while, and then I became a Broncos yeah. fan. I'm, I'm not going to claim to be a long-term <laughs> fan. I'm just a fan because Mariota's hey, there. As long as you own it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so you took Corey Davis. Uh, I thought that Mike Williams would have been a better pick. You know, they're similar type players. Um, Williams just has a little bit better pedigree. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It feels like our office is building something because we are showing vast improvement year after year. I mean, vast in the scale of the Titans isn't a whole lot, but we are improving year after yeah. year and i honestly think that we'll probably make the playoffs and hopefully not even as a wild card just generally make it 
Well, uh, yeah. the AFC South is such a shitty division. It really right. is. You have the Colts, who finally, for the first time since getting Andrew Luck, decided to actually invest in a defense. Um, and then you have the Jaguars, who are, you know, the Jaguars. Uh, and then there's the Texans. Right. The um, Texans, who traded uh, two firsts yeah, and we can, and third we can talk about Crossweather. We can talk about uh, old Brock Lobster when we get to <laughs> number 12. Um <laughs> I heard that one before. That was Rock Lobster. Oh yeah, it's great. Um, yeah. I think Corey that's Davis is an incredible pick. Like I, he was the guy that yeah. I wanted for like my number one guy that I wanted the Eagles to get at fourteen, and I thought there was a chance yeah, you he would were get there. About that. Yeah, because like he didn't run, he didn't do any workouts like all off season basically, um, because he's been sort of injured, and I thought that might be yeah. enough to drop him to fourteen. Um, yeah, I don't disagree with you, James. Like, I think Mike Williams, Corey Davis are both, like, excellent players. Um, but, man, I think Mariota... Because, like, you draft Mike Williams so that you can throw the ball 30 yards and he'll jump over whoever is defending him. Um, you well, draft... I mean, Corey Davis is 6'3". Like, he can yeah, but Corey Davis too. is, like, a much more refined, like, route runner. True. Like, Corey Davis True. will, like, grab a screen and take it 40 yards. Mike Williams he's, will never do that. He's Andre um, Johnson to Calvin Johnson. Sure, that's a pretty decent comparison, actually. Um, I've seen Corey Davis like play style wise compared to To, uh, so that's probably fair. Um, anyway, it's a good pick. Mariota will really like him. Uh, mm-hmm. Mariota, whatever. Uh, sixth, Jets took Jamal Adams, uh, safety out of LSU, is a monster. Um, the notable thing about this pick is that uh, a couple days ago, the Jets Twitter account shared some screenshots of a Twitter DM conversation they had been having where some Jets fan tweeted at them in like January or DM'd them in January and said, you need to take Jamal Adams safety out of LSU. I'm going to tell you every day until the draft to draft Jamal Adams. And then every day <laughs> for the next like four months um, or five months, whatever he like messaged them with various, you know, plays on draft Jamal Adams and then they drafted him, so then they, like, tweeted screenshots and were like, are you happy now? Um, which is pretty That's good. That's awesome. Yeah. Good uh, for that guy. <laughs> yep. Um, man, if only Browns fans would have done that with, like, Teddy Bridgewater or something instead or of like letting the homeless guy decide. You know what? I appreciate the Browns not drafting Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> um, it was a good day. Yeah. Chargers got – R.I.P. Teddy's name. Yeah. Chargers got Mike Williams. Sorry. He'll be – Good. Philip Rivers will know how to use him. Um, Philip Rivers finally has a babysitter <laughs> for his thirteen kids. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He just keeps popping them out. Um, okay, Panthers with one of the not really surprises because it was like one of the least surprising picks because it had been rumored so heavily, but kind of surprising based on where people had been rating the players. Uh, Panthers got Christian McCaffrey at number eight. Um, I think Christian McCaffrey is going to do well. I think he's a really good fit for their offense. Um, I don't know if he's yeah, eight overall really good. Um, yeah, you know, I think if, like, if pretty much with, any other team would have drafted him eighth overall, I would have said it was a reach. But he'll fit right in with Cam. Um, the only other place that he would have fit in the first round is probably New Orleans. Yeah, he would have been a good Saints player. I agree. Okay. I'm gonna have. Uh, I'm going to take my I know nothing about the NFL hot take here. Okay. I don't know that McCaffrey's going to do well in the NFL. McCaffrey is so goddamn athletic. McCaffrey is, will be fine. But watching him play last year, he did not look like he was going to play well in the NFL. He well, that's more a, like a like, college player. Well, that's the thing, too, is so many of his touchdowns were the defense overcorrected because they ran a stretch play and he cut back. Like, that yeah. to me doesn't show any skill or any insane athletic ability. That's not going to happen in the NFL. So yeah. Leonard Fournette trucking half of the Auburn defense is impressive. The other thing, McCaffrey, I don't know. I would McCaffrey cutting back and running, outrunning everybody to the corner. Like, yes, he's fast, but fast isn't everything in the NFL. Yeah, be fast. everybody. I mean, everybody. Leonard Fournette isn't gonna. Leonard NFL. Fournette, as much as I love the dude, which is on record, like I freaking love Leonard Fournette, but he's not gonna be able to just stiff arm people in the face and take them down in the NFL no. either. Um so, no, but he'll be able to no. like actually make contact and push a little bit for his yeah his sure yardage. Um, I just not think that, that yeah, 
the McCaffrey pick combined with uh, the uh, Curtis Samuel pick later in the draft makes the uh, Panthers offense really dangerous. Like both of those guys are like kind of like gadget e players where you need to like or where they can like fit into multiple positions on a scheme. Um, and so I think that you know putting I, one of them in the slot it sounds like they're probably going to put um, Samuel in the slot and McCaffrey in the backfield. Um, but having a two back set, you know, stuff like that, um, has a lot of potential to really, you know, make some matchup nightmares for the defense. Well, and I think one of those two players will turn out. Um, it's just a matter mm-hmm. of who and how do they use them. Yeah. Right. And it's uh, really hard for me to to take any sort of running back in the draft um, as a major player because there are so many running backs and so yeah. many of them are just turn out to be average. And that's, yeah, and the other thing, the flip side of that is that you can not easily, but much more easily than other positions, take a fifth, sixth, seventh, undrafted, you know, whatever, running back and make him serviceable. You can't do that mm-hmm. for, like, a quarterback or a defensive end or, a you know, something like that very easily. Yeah, um, and part of that, too, is just, you know, I mean, obviously there's a certain amount of uh, intelligence that you have to have for... Uh, what's going on around you on the field when you're running back but so much of it's just here take the ball run that way yep whereas you have like quarterback you have to make the decision of where you're going to pass where you're going to run if you're going to run whether or not you need to jump out of the pocket whether you stay in the pocket whether or not you need to just hold on to the ball and you know do whatever mm-hmm. uh, whereas and then you have wide receiver where it's uh you have to know how your quarterback's being covered where he's looking right. what you have to be down yeah and you have to be able to play your defender, too, on top of that. You can't just mm-hmm. run a route and get covered up by your defender. It just doesn't work. So you need right. to have some sort of situational awareness about that on top of that, whereas running back is, you know, sometimes the play is literally run it up the middle, run right into the guy, and just push. Sure. Yeah, no, that all that all does make sense. Um, and I think that, like, people in general were thinking that running backs are being devalued and are not really worth, you know, top 10 or whatever picks until last year when Zeke led the league in rushing as a rookie. And then people were like, all right, maybe maybe a top 10 running back is worth it um, if they'll yeah. be Zeke. Well, and I think, too, part of that was just a dearth of talent for a few years. You know, we saw yeah, that's true. Um, Bishop Sankey was after the first Trent Richardson. There wasn't a, a first-round running back until, uh, who am I thinking of, Todd Gurley, I think, was the drought. You know, so that was two or three years where there wasn't a first, second, third-round running back. And that was I think that was just because there weren't good players coming out. I, I actually do agree with you um, because it was 2000 – oh, shoot. Was it 2013 or 2014 um, that – yeah, Giovanni Bernard was drafted in the early second round, and I think he was the first running back taken. Um, and yeah. Bernard Ooh, is, like, Gio fine. Bernard. Yeah, Gio is, like, a decent so- – player but he's not gonna yeah, revolutionize but he's not a franchise he's not the type of player you can build uh, your franchise around you right know, Leonard then, Fournette is the type of player you can build a team around right Maybe. Christian Christian McCaffrey is the type of player that will make a difference to your offense so the other interesting thing looking back at that draft as if we're going to use it as like an example of the lack of uh running back talent um the next running back drafted was Le'Veon Bell uh, so we saw how that one worked out. He would be a first um, round pick if they repicked today. Yes, he would be like the number five pick probably. Um, Monty Ball went in the second round. Oops. Huh. Eddie Lacy went in the second round. Oops. <laughs> Christine Michael I'm so glad went he's one gone. pick. Yeah, Christine Michael went to the Seahawks one pick after Eddie Lacy. Oops. Um, so you basically well, got Seahawks Bell got... and nobody else. Well, the Seahawks got Lacy anyway. Right. The Seahawks didn't they like cut Michael and then bring him back and then, like, trade him to Green Bay and then Green Bay cut him and then he is back on the Seahawks or something? I don't know. Anyway, this is sort of a tangent. Um, no, he just – he left as a free agent this year. He was actually visiting in Minnesota, apparently, or Juicy Lucy's running enough to win him over. Um, next pick was kind of surprising. John Ross to the Bengals at number nine. Um, John Ross, uh, very fast. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we'll, I just we'll got one word to say on this pick. <laughs> yeah, their top three wide receivers are AJ Green, Tyler Boyd, and John Ross. Holy yeah. shit, that's deadly. If Andy Dalton throws for less than forty touchdowns this year, I'll be a little surprised. I'm with you there. Um, so, 
Ross, very fast. Um, that's most of you know what you can say about the pick. That's about it. Um, Chiefs picked Patrick Mahomes, uh, which is hilarious because so he is literally I, the opposite of Alex Smith. Yeah, so the whole thing with Mahomes, I want him to do well. I don't think he will. Um, so I was saying – yeah, I, sorry, go ahead. Um, yeah, so I think I'm cutting out a little bit here. Uh, but, you know, I want Mahomes to do well, but – I don't know that he will. I think the only reason that he got picked so high is because he's so used to a collapsing pocket when playing for Tech, just because their line's terrible and their defense is terrible. Not that that really has a whole lot of bearing on him, but it means he plays more. Yeah. Uh, that I think he's just – I think they're hoping that they can teach him, you know, to have patience in the pocket and he can throw the ball so damn far. Right. But overall, I don't know how well he's going to do because he relies so much on passing, and that's not really, you know – the NFL game it's it's right a balanced game it's not just you know yeah I think the ball as far as right. you can Mahomes got drafted because he has all the measurables in the world right like he's yeah. perfectly sized his arm is insane um and some team I guess is thinking that they're the Chiefs I guess are thinking that they can develop all those other skills that he didn't learn at Texas Tech um, yeah. because they didn't ever make him learn them um so I sort of have two conflicting opinions on this first of all is that uh man i thought that if he went three picks later to the cardinals he would be the best quarterback in this draft class because he would get to sit for a year or two behind carson palmer he would get to play in uh bruce arian's offense which is just a vertical passing scheme and then he would be throwing to john brown jaron brown and jj nelson all of whom are like under 440 40 yard dash players they're all insanely fast so he can just chuck it up to them and they'll beat their coverage um and Fitzgerald for as long as he's there um I think Mahomes is going to be okay on the Chiefs I think they're gonna have to completely reinvent their offense because Alex Smith is literally like the opposite like noodle arm game manager who doesn't make (laughs) mistakes um but the other thing is that Mahomes sort of compares fairly well to McNabb uh who Andy Reid obviously you know coached up successfully um and yeah. reed has a pretty good history with quarterbacks um yeah my whole thing is i don't think it's a bad pick by any means i just i don't know how well he's actually gonna do it's definitely a high risk high reward you know they yeah. traded away the farm to move up 15 20 spots yeah yeah um, this has to pay off otherwise they're gonna queen house yeah mm-hmm. i i you know, think you this, nailed that this pick is gonna define um, how that franchise moves forward yeah um so, all right, so so we don't have a three-hour podcast. Yeah, that um, was the top ten. Uh, yeah, let's, let's just, just hit some notables. Yeah, uh, next uh, notable. Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson yep. at 12. Um, I really like this pick. I think he should have been the first quarterback off the board, but he's going to a good place in Houston. He's going to have good wide receivers to throw to. Um, you remember what that Bill O'Brien is, did to yeah. uh, Christian um, Hackenberg at Penn State? No, actually, I don't. He made uh, him his freshman yeah. year, the one year that O'Brien was at Penn State, was Hackenberg's best year statistically. Yeah, he made Christian Hackenberg look really good. Um, yeah, Watson is going to be great. That team is basically you know playoff locked and loaded. They just need a quarterback. They made the playoffs uh, yeah. last year so, with wow. with fucking Brian Hoyer at quarterback. Right. Um, you know they made the playoffs with you know in easily the worst division in right. the NFL. No, that team is really so, good. Like, if you look yeah. at the Texans, I mean, team, they're did you like see how they a top. In the playoffs, because it wasn't great. Yeah, they had. Did you see who they had at quarterback? And they didn't even have JJ Watt. It doesn't matter. That's part of being an NFL franchise. Is you build your your whole team to be good. You don't get excuses because you have a shitty quarterback and quarterback. That's your fault. Okay, so then what's the te- Titans' excuse? Um. Like, you look at, okay, you look at the Texans top to bottom, right? They have Lamar Miller at running back. They have uh, DeAndre Hopkins at wide receiver. Their offense is, they just drafted Will Fuller, who had a pretty good rookie year. Um, Mm -hmm. Their offensive line is very good. They just need a quarterback. Their defense is a monster, right? Like, you have J.J. Watt. You have um, Jadavian Clowney. You have Jonathan Joseph. Whitney Merciless. Yeah, you have Whitney Merciless. Their team is stacked, Duncan. I don't think yeah. you understand how good this team is. They just need the right quarterback. 
I feel like Deshaun Watson's going to put them over the top, and they could win the AFC South next year. I could absolutely the expect them to win the AFC South. I still South. think they're going to lose to the Patriots, because until Tom Brady retires, the Patriots are the best team in the in the AFC and probably in the league. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I have um, no doubt that they're going to win the AFC South. That That's not a, a doubt in my mind. I just, I don't know. I don't like see as I much really of think a lot of I really think this situation. That's just me. I really think this situation is could potentially be similar to Russell Wilson stepping into a Seattle team that was pretty much already developed, pretty much already loaded, except they had just signed Mike uh, Matt. I don't know if I said Mike Matt Flynn at quarterback. Um, God, they had T. Off, Jack playing quarterback yes, for them for a year. Exactly, Tavares Jackson played like a playoff game with the Seahawks. And Russell Wilson came in and took him to, you know, an elite team. And I think Watson, like, yeah. could have that impact. He could. He very well um, could. But I don't know. I, I mean, it's that's part of the whole thing with the draft and all that is people get all excited about all these new players that come in that could do everything. But in reality, they still haven't played a down of NFL football. Sure. Um, True. Yeah. So next pick I want to talk about real quick because uh, it's my Eagles. I also just pick. don't like the Texans, so <laughs> – that. Uh, my Eagles took Derek Barnett from Tennessee. Um, I am a very anti-Tennessee guy after the Outback Bowl. Um, but And I was definitely not in love with this Barnett pick at first, even though the dude had – he broke Reggie White's, like, sack record at Tennessee. Um, he's got all the so production good. he can I ask for. I don't know for. if he'll be good at NFL. Right. He's just – his athletic testing was not amazing and – I don't know. I hope he does well, but I'm not 100% sold. Um, yeah. His whole thing was, I mean, like, it when he was playing for Tennessee, it was one of those things where you look at him, and he's, you know, not a particularly big player. He's not, you know, super fast or anything, but he just makes up for it in every other way possible. He just, yeah, he's a smart player. Mm-hmm. I think that's true. His hand usage is really good. His footwork is pretty solid. Um, anyway, next pick. Uh, I want to talk super fast about Malik Hooker. Um, because that dude is going to make the Colts' defense not a sieve. They um, finally have somebody besides, uh, <laughs> shit, who's, Vontae Davis yeah. was a really good cornerback for a also, while, and they finally have the, somebody besides Vontae Davis. Yeah. Also, on the Colts subreddit, um, someone posted, like, I can't wait for the possibility of headlines saying that uh, Tom Brady shut down by Hooker and VD or something like that. <laughs> Um, Vontae Davis, uh, which is pretty great. Um, um, who's one next? pick I want to talk about yeah. real quick, uh, OJ Howard. This yeah. feels like, Ooh, we skipped right over a Dory. Uh, All right. Yeah. I, I think I, Duncan I, wants to talk I, about a Dory, right? I mean, I'm indifferent about talking about it. Okay. I think it's Never gonna, if, if he plays well in the NFL, he could be a lot of fun to watch. Cause I mean, he was fun to watch him when he's playing at USC. Yeah. But, I love a Dory. You know. It was a reach. All right. Go on Howard. <laughs> All right. Yeah, um, at, it could be the steal of the draft. It could be that he suffers from Alabama syndrome, where a lot of... See, I watched some film on Howard after he got drafted, and almost all of his highlights were him being wide open, you know. And so that says to me, either one, you're more athletic than everybody else on the defense, or two, you're benefiting from mismatches and the defense being spread so thin from covering all the other athletes on the field, and so these aren't actually you being good, they're just you benefiting from your other players. Um, so basically... You know, O.J. Howard, that's a good tight end pickup. You know, Jameis Winston is another target. Good for him. Um, yeah. But um, it's, it's another one of those high-risk, high-reward type picks. Yeah, so I actually think this is, like, one of the best picks in the first round. Um, I love O.J. Howard. Like you said, his highlights are not amazing. His production was not great. He had, like, three touchdowns or something last year. Um, but yeah. the reason you're drafting him is because um, he is – 6'6", 251, and he is in the uh, 96th percentile for 40-yard dashes for tight ends, 86th percentile for broad jump, 92nd percentile for three-cone drill, 88th percentile for the two-yard shuttle, 95th percentile for the six-yard shuttle, etc. You get the idea. The dude is just, like, one of the best athletes in the NFL already. And he is one of the... He is a traditional blocking tight end, which yes. is incredibly underrated. Right. He can, you know, like, you think about the next tight end off the board was Evan Ingram at 23 to the Giants. Like, he is anything but a blocking tight end. Right. He tight is end. basically just a big wide receiver. Um, yeah. He's he's basically he's what they Brandon, call a tweener. Yeah. Right. Um, O.J. Howard is going to be a monster, in my opinion. I, um, I think he could be. Especially, I mean, 
Jameis Winston has looked like, dare I say it, a good NFL quarterback. And if you get him another target, they do like their big targets on a Tampa Bay, though. Just to touch on it super quick, they got him even more weapons uh, because they drafted Chris Godwin from Penn State. And anybody who watched that amazing Rose Bowl knows how good what Godwin is. Um, Um, Okay, next pick, uh, probably Conley, right? Probably can skip down there. Um, Yeah. Gary and Conley. Um, Do we want to talk about Conley? I think he's – it's such a Raiders pick. Like, that is just a Raiders pick. Yes, it is – like I said, the second most Raiders pick they could have made was drafting uh, the guy who is currently being investigated for rape, um, who was... And, of course, the first most Raiders pick would have been if John Ross right, was on the board. Right, exactly. If they traded up or drafted John Ross. Um, Conley, oh, man, I just... yeah, It just makes me so sick that some dude can get... I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. Let's, Every, let's I don't stay wanna, away. Yeah, let's I don't want to even not, dive into this conversation. Yeah. Whatever. I um, hope the situation works out for everybody involved. Um, 90 seconds, Zach. Tell us why Jabril Peppers is a horrible draft pick and is going to um, cement the Cleveland Browns and sucking for another five years. The seventh time that I heard uh, <laughs> Mel Kuyper use the words Swiss Army Knife, I wanted to just throw my TV across the room. Um, <laughs> like... I actually okay. So here's the the one thing is that I think that he is actually not the worst pick specifically for the Browns because that defense has so little talent on it besides their defensive mm-hmm. line and um, Jamie Collins. Even Joe Hayden is bad now. Um, that like taking just like the best athlete on the board is maybe not actually the worst idea um, because like you just need well, that's guys a, like, who are talented. Um, but holy yeah. shit, Peppers is not a first-round draft pick. Um, also, the other best thing about this pick is that I bet every Ohio State fan is a Browns fan um, because there's, like, I don't know, they're, they're probably not Bengals fans. And so now all of these Ohio State fans have to convince themselves that they love Jabril Peppers and he's the best player and he was the great first-round pick who's going to turn around their team after years of being, like, his biggest haters, and it's hilarious. Second biggest haters besides me. <laughs> um, Tack McKinley, uh, biggest thing about him, dropped the F-bomb on stage. And uh, said, find me later. And nuts. Yeah, yeah, just find me later. Brought I, like I a, fucking love him already. Brought like a three foot tall poster of his grandmother on stage with him and I made. I do it uh, for her, man. Yeah, uh, he's Taco good. Charlton. Taco, Taco Charlton, Charlton. By the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, if he yeah. doesn't have a Tex Mex chain by the time he retires, he's doing his life wrong. Right. Yeah. Um, if you the Cowboys. Yeah, the Cowboys. Um, yeah. If you are laughing to yourself and saying, "Wow, Taco Charlton, what a funny name." Um, I didn't know about that guy. Go back, you know, like four or five episodes ago or something, because Lucas and I had like a ten-minute discussion about Taco Charlton's name. Um, yeah, it's pretty great. I remember that. Um, and then T.J. Watt yeah. drafted by the Steelers. Um, That's gonna be an interesting. He could Christmas have been day. taken by Green Bay. He could have been taken by Green Bay. He didn't because the Texans and the Steelers play each other on Christmas Day. Oh man, this is great. Um, I have look, a friend that's a I'm Texans and a Steelers yeah. fan. Jeez. Uh, it's going to be like, uh, the... do you guys know, I'm sure you don't know, Duncan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the Broncos and the Chiefs used to have punters who were brothers, uh, Dustin and Britton Colquitt. And huh, um, right. their parents would show up to every Broncos-Chiefs game with those dumb like half jerseys. Oh, I've always so wanted mad. to get one of those. I don't know why, and I have no reason to, but I've always wanted one. So, I I don't know. If I was the Watt parents, I would just refuse to get a TJ Watt jersey until he – I would, like, make, I would, you know, make him earn it, right? Be like, wow, your brother is, like, 9 million-time defensive player of the year. Why should I be a fan of you yet? So No, um, you know what I would do? You don't wear a jersey the first year. They play each other that year. And then that's the oh, how you know you you make them vie for your love. So oh, that's whichever good, one wins, you wear one. the jersey and you you cheer for them all year. And the other one that loses gets nothing. I like it. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, one last thing: Ruben Foster, thirty uh, first pick, went to the 49ers. Um, shout out to Barstool Sports. Their tweet about this pick. Uh, 
got sick of the 49ers got sick of the players listening to doctors and retiring, so they picked a player who punches a doctor. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, did you not hear at the combine, Reuben Foster got sent home uh, because he was at like the hospital where they're like doing all the tests and checking up on you and stuff, and he like got in a fight with one of the doctors. No, I didn't hear home. about that. That's awesome. Yeah, the dude is nuts um, in sort Alabama of good crazy. and bad ways. Yeah. Um, uh, all right, okay. quick before we move yeah. on from draft, because we've we can highlight a couple minutes. more picks. I think you want to talk about Cook, right? At this point, two thirds of the podcast. We're not going to get to ninety percent of our stuff. Yeah, we are. I'm going to make it happen. Huh. All right, I'm going to leave. Before you want to talk about Dalvin Cook, right, James? Sure. Uh, I am really happy he fell to us. I feel like he's going to be. Uh, I feel like he could be good for us at Minnesota one. At 41, okay. Delvin Cook to the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, uh, yeah. there were yeah. people that said he had character concerns, but, I mean, I read up a little bit on Vikings those. It care. didn't seem like anything. Um, you know, he could be a game-changing back. He absolutely lit up Clemson. He absolutely lit up Miami. You know. This, Didn't he also have one of the lowest Wonderlick scores this year? Yes. Him and <laughs> so Fournette were both Peterson. barely above, like, the Yeah, how'd that work out level. for Adrian Peterson? <laughs> One of the best running backs in NFL history. Come at me, bro. Didn't he also uh, get accused of, like, beating the shit out of his child? Uh, he did. It wasn't best even accused. There was, like, photographic evidence. NFL history. His kid had, like, Come welts on his scrotum. Me. Um, oh, ow. Yeah. Wait, hold on. Who took How pictures of that? this podcast episode? Like welts that's... on your scrotum. Um, all right. Speaking, wow, what a great segue, guys. Good job. Because the next pick I wanted to talk about was Joe Mixon. Um, oh, yeah. What a piece of shit. Yeah. So glad the Eagles didn't take him. Every uh, Eagles fan ever wanted him. He'll fit right in with his. I mean, I'm just so glad that he went to a team that will have great mentors to teach him how to grow up and be a man and a productive member of society, such as Vontez Perfect and Pac-Man Jones. Yeah. Um, you so. say this, but the worst character that the Bengals found in this year's draft season, Phil Nelson. Massive piece of shit. Almost uh, universally so hated. Real quick play on the whole... Uh, Joe Mixon thing. I've been very outspoken in how I feel about that whole how that whole thing was handled by the University of Oklahoma. But I will say that Mixon did everything that he was supposed to or what he was asked of afterwards. He was tried. He had his whole thing. You know, you can't hold that over him forever because he's done what he's supposed to. Now, I mean, what he, he was supposed tried. to wasn't he, supposed well, you know, they, he, they tried to he, make He a, gave her a, a bunch of money. He gave her I a mean, bunch of money and they settled. Yeah. But that's, that's part not of the legal innocence. System. You can settle. That's like, an option. It's right, not it's an option, but no, it doesn't mean I have to respect it. Clearly not innocence. But right. at the same time, you know, eventually people have to move on from this. I don't. I mean, I fault him for hitting the girl in the face, obviously. But at the same time, you know, he hasn't really done anything other than rip up a parking ticket afterwards, which you know, on he's on thin ice. But whatever. Anyway, my whole thing with that was how the University of Oklahoma handled it. I'm going to have to agree to disagree with you here. That's fine, um, and I understand like, that. Like, I look at someone like Michael Vick, right? Like, yeah. obviously what he did, super fucked up. Um, and the dude went to prison, served his time, and has now done, like, he he's spoken in Congress on behalf of the ASPCA. Like, the dude is literally doing yeah. everything in his power to turn his life around. Joe Mixon has just, like, been slightly less of a shitbag than punching people in the face. Yeah, um, but, I mean, at the same time, you can't expect the kid to be like, Oh, yeah, just throw me in jail. No, but he, like, was not apologetic about it until the cameras were on him for the draft. Yeah. Like, his a- whole attitude towards the thing just really bothered me. Yeah, um, no, and I, I, like I said, I understand it, and I don't particularly like him, but at the same time, you know, they told him what he had to do to, uh, as punishment. He made his payment, he made a settlement, he sat out his year from college football, which... First of all, that's a bullshit punishment because they knew that he was still going to get his red shirt from it. And if you say they didn't, then they're just an incompetent organization, which I don't believe. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, you know, he took his punishments as they were, uh, as he was supposed to. Now, they may not have been enough in your eyes, and that's fine, and I'm half inclined to agree with you, but he did what was asked of him. No more, but he did it. All right. Um, two more picks. I know we're at 45 minutes already. Two more picks I want to talk about really fast. Um, John Lynch, the as we spoke about earlier, the new 49ers GM, uh, killed the first day of the draft. 
um, with Reuben Foster and Solomon Thomas uh, and just absolutely fleecing the Bears. Um, and then he went batshit crazy and drafted C.J. Beathard <laughs> from Ohio, or Ohio, Iowa uh, in the third round. Jesus Christ, it's CJ, so dumb. CJ Beathard is, is so bad. barely an NFL quarterback. Do you think at that point in the draft there's like, uh, I don't know, there's not really a whole lot of good options left. Let's go with this, this name guy. sounds familiar. Draft him. Here were, the, here were the quarterbacks who were still on the board when they traded up to get C.J. Beathard. Um, let me see. So Beathard went round three, pick number 40. Uh, Brad Kaya was still on the board. Uh, Josh Dobbs was still on the board. And Chad Kelly. So those were the three picks after Beathard. But he went, Beathard went 17 picks after Davis Webb, who is 900 times more talented than C.J. Beathard is. Um, sorry, I know Lucas isn't here to defend Beathard. I don't think he would shit. defend Beathard. Yeah, Beathard like, is a decent college quarterback. He is not an NFL right. player. To be fair, like, he's that's not, what a lot of people said Leiden, about, right? about uh, Tom Brady. He is he is marginally better than Mitch Leiter. I'm not saying he he's Mitch going... Mitch Leiter with a better coach and... Uh, I don't know. I can't say he's better wide receivers. Okay, no. here is Beathard's stats from last but, year. The whole As thing a with... senior in college, okay? 56.5% completion... 1,929 yards, less than 2,000 passing yards, 17 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. That is not a third-round pick. Holy fuck. I don't know. The whole thing with me is, you know, at Nathan Peterman was still on the board point, at that point. It doesn't – I'm convinced that it doesn't really matter in the order. You know, people are going to get picked that are going to get picked. And after, you know, in the third round or whatever, it, there's not a big issue of order. I mean, you're you're welcome to disagree with it if you want. I I I do. In the third round, you don't take a guy like C.J. Beathard, right? Although that was the end of the third round, you could take a player like Vince Beagle, who was four or five picks after him. Jaleel Johnson, D.D. Westbrook, yeah, um, Eddie Jackson, Carl Lawson from Oklahoma, right? Like Carl Lawson. We can go down this whole list of players who are infinitely more talented than C.J. Beathard. Um, Uh, But uh, it. It, it just to me it depends on what the what the office wants for their team and what they already have compared to you know what's left all right mark my words remind me bot whatever nathan peterman will be a better quarterback out of this draft than uh josh dobbs CJ Beathard. Be a better quarterback out of this draft josh dobbs Mitch Leidner. yeah josh dobbs is not really Mitch an Leidner nfl quarterback be a better quarterback be out better. of this draft um He's all right so last boring. pick i want to talk about is my homer pick super fast uh, Anthony Walker went in the fifth round, which is sort of significantly later than I expected him to go. Um, but I fully expect him to be like competing for, you know, playing time on this terrible Colts defense. Um, and I'm just so happy he didn't go to the Cowboys. That's all I want to say. <laughs> I love you, Anthony Walker. Um, all right. Cool. All right. Let's move on to the, the second bullet point of our significant news now that we're 48 minutes in uh, Spring Games. You know, there were some of those. Yeah. Did your guys' team have spring spring games? Yeah, Baylor had didn't. one. Uh, they had a really weird scoring system where it was constantly. <clears throat> they would, like, rotate players in and out, but it was always offense playing defense, and, like, they just – like, I don't think defense ever got the ball. I think, like – so they did green and gold team, and I think green was offense and then gold was defense, and it was just, like – it was really weird. There was, like – different point values for things and they were trying to explain it on tv and it didn't make any sense wait like give an example like like a touchdown was worth like four points or something like no no touchdowns scoring points were worth that amount but like if you prevented the defense from or the defense prevented the offense from getting uh a first down they got some sort of point value uh if the offense made it past 10 yards on one play they got extra points if you got a sack, you got a certain amount of points. It was just bizarre. Weird. And yeah. It wasn't just like, you know, standard rules. Here's here's how it works. It was Do you have any sp- yeah. From what I could tell, it was first string defense versus first string offense, more or less. And then okay. as a sub players in and out, it kind of disappeared from that. But Um, um James, our, do you have any spring game talk? Yeah. No. 
games. What? Do you have <laughs> any spring ta- spring game oh. discussion? Uh, so I didn't actually get to see Oregon spring game live. Um, I don't really care about Minnesota's except that P.J. Fleck had a spring game. Um, but what I was most interested about of the two D1 teams I cheer for was uh, finding out what Taggart's offense would look like, especially since we still had those Oregon spread type players. Uh, and so I got to watch a little bit of the film from the game, and uh, they look good. Herbert looked uh, Herbert looks like the future best quarterback in Pac-12 at this point. Uh, not to get his hype train going, but, um, you know, I think in a few years yeah. he's going to be talked about like Darnold and Are you talking uh, about Johnson or John Johnson? No, or whatever? Uh, Herbert. Oh, Herbert, Herbert. okay. Uh, he's the starter right now. Johnson okay. is not going to play, honestly. Okay. As long as I just Herbert's remember Travis Johnson was like a huge recruit. Yeah. but um, Well, I mean, he was a recruit from the older staff. Okay. Um, so, you know, I kind of poorly judged their talent evaluation the past few years. But, you know, the offense didn't change very much. Royce Freeman looked like Royce Freeman. Um, you know, I I think eight, nine wins in a dark horse challenge for the Pac-12 North is in the is in the cards this year. You know. All right. Um, um, I, you know, the defense just... still has a ton of holes, but we have a better coordinator and we have more depth, depth than we did last year. Jordan Scott is... So, Jordan Scott is a true freshman early enrollee. He is 6'1", 340 pounds, and he regularly is pushing around the senior offensive lineman on the team. So, so, one of our next bullet points is Willie Taggart is recruit good. Do you just want to cover that now while we're all Yeah, I actually do want to jump into that because while we've recently talked about the draft. So, Oregon did not have anyone drafted in, what, three decades? For the first time in three, def- or three decades, I think yeah. was what it was. Yeah. And so, the next day, I think, like... Within a couple of days, they have their spring game and have 50 recruits, mm-hmm. 50, show up for this. It was pretty good. And It was a pretty good day. The day after that, they pull in three four-stars. No, three three-stars and two four-stars. And then, you know, the next couple of days to keep bringing people in. They've gone from, what, like 80-plus in the recruiting rankings on the 24-7 composite to 12th. Twelve. Yeah, yeah. was it? No. It's, um, it's what great. was really funny was uh, apparently there was a lot of talk among the old staff, you know, the Hellfrich and whatnot, that it was so hard to recruit at Oregon. No, I don't know t- why because they have billions of dollars in facilities, the best uniforms in the country, and honestly, ooh, the good thing Lee's not here. Of, uh, yeah, that's, oh, that is. Um, what are you talking about? They're cheerleaders. Oh, you clearly have. Yeah, you clearly have never watched an Arizona State or a Florida State game. Anyway, uh, Oregon um, pushed. Oregon is better than both of those. I have seen their cheerleaders. Right. Oregon trumps. Let's them just all. not get into this. Yeah, um, this won't end well. Oh, <laughs> um, anyway, well, uh, so like they have all of this. You know, they are set up to be insanely attractive to seventeen-year-old football players, and yet the old staff could not that, recruit to save their lives. Don't they but like now, not play? Or they're not in school for like their first three weeks of football too. So they just—that's like all yeah, they that do. Sounds about right. Yeah. So, so, like, I mean, what, you know, what is so hard about recruiting? And then Taggart comes in with no connections to the to the recruiting areas in, on, in that area and just pulls in recruits. You know, a few of them are from the coast, a few of them are from back home. Yeah. But, you know, he can get players to come to Florida, if he, or to Oregon, if he can get them to stick around. So much better for yeah. him. Um, I That wait, line that we got from Elfridge was just Did bullshit. Baylor and Oregon agree to a football game? Am I losing my mind? Did that happen? No. I don't believe so. I have not seen that recently, but I'll double check. Uh, I'm working on it. So, uh, y'all that are listening, you can hear me clicking my mouse because I don't have a keyboard plugged into my computer. I am using an on-screen keyboard. 2027. Yeah, so it did happen. Okay, yeah, that's why it, I'm a, I didn't pay attention to it because I saw 2027. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, it's a ways off, but it, it is going yeah. to happen eventually. So that'll be interesting to see, especially if both Taggart and Rule are still at their schools. Doubtful. Doubtful. It's possible. Um, uh, do you want to talk about Charlie Strong losing control at South Florida? Yeah, uh, just briefly, because not a whole lot of good can come from talking about this for a long period of time. Uh, so there was a judge for um, like first hearing on cases against some of the South Florida players that got arrested for violent crimes. And the judge took, went out of her way to accuse Charlie Strong of not having control of his players after being there for, what, two months? Sounds yeah. about right. Uh, and yeah. 
you know, went on this whole tirade against him, telling him that he should just go ahead and resign because he's not doing them any favors. And, you know, just going way out of her way to, to make a whole ordeal out of it when, you know, Charlie Strong's a known disciplinarian. He went to Texas and cut half the kids that were playing because they were either not good kids or they didn't want to be there. And then she just shows up one day and is like, yeah, you had some kids arrested. You're a terrible coach. You should resign. Yada, 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 whatever. So the whole thing to me just drives me nuts because clearly she doesn't know what she's talking about when she's talking to Charlie Strong. Secondly, apparently she has a history of making these inflammatory remarks and, uh, you know, accusing people of things when it's not her job to do that. Honestly, the biggest concern I have about this Thirdly, is... she was also on an episode of House Hunters, apparently. <laughs> Ouch. Just cut me out. Sorry. Um, okay, biggest concern I have about this now is what does that mean about the character of kids that Taggart's going to be recruiting in Oregon? Mm-hmm. You know, are we going to start to have these problems a few years down the road when he gets his guys in there? Yeah. You know, so it's just, it's something to keep in mind. Yeah, um, and that makes yeah. a lot of sense. It, the whole thing is yeah. just, it's, it's bizarre. Or do they just have two bad apples because they're South Florida and they can't exactly pick from the best recruits in the country? You know, that's a possibility. Yeah, yeah because Oregon has had such a shining exemplars of football players such as Colt Layerla and uh, Colt, I don't know how you say his last name, and uh, Pharaoh Brown. Anyway, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, I don't recognize either of those names. <laughs> um, Travis okay. John- uh, not Travis Johnson, Terry Wilson. I uh, got kicked off the team. Yep. Oh, who is the who is the quarterback before uh, before Darren? Uh, oh, Jeremiah Masoli. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, that uh, was before I was a fan. Um. <laughs> um yeah. Anyway, fuck, who was the other guy? That, um. Who who was the guy we got from? We got Terry Wilson, and we got the other guy from Oregon State. Um, I don't know. Uh, well, anyway, um, I so, really, really house. before we leave, want to talk about Michigan going to Rome. Yeah, and Jim yeah, yeah. Harbaugh meeting yeah, with the Pope. It's the most hilarious story. Jim Harbaugh is like subreddit simulator in human form at this point about college football. Um, like Jim Harbaugh is just the most insane person on earth. Um, I've but yeah, never so seen he met the Pope. Can make Tristan headlines Wall. as easily as he can. Right. Um, so Jim Harbaugh met with the Pope after planning this huge excursion uh, to Rome. And gave the Pope a Michigan helmet and uh, some Jordans, you know, as special one Michigan does. Jordans. Yeah, you know, just you know. Do you think he wears them? Because why would the Pope walk around in anything but the freshest Jordans? No, but really, do you think right. he wears them under his robe? I would hope so. Part Maybe. of me wants to believe that he goes like after he goes to his room at night, he just he gets bored. He takes off his little Pope hat. And he puts on the helmet, and he puts on the Jordans, and is like just kind of chilling out in that, <laughs> drinking a beer, whatever, doing whatever it is the, the Pope does. Um, yeah, this has doing to hurt if you're a Notre Dame fan. You're opening yourself up to a lot of really bad jokes there. Um, this has yeah. to hurt if you're a Notre Dame fan, right? Right. That yeah, Michigan is I mean, now more Catholic rivals than you Michigan, are. And right. here, Michigan's, you know, winning over their papal leader. The Pope. Yeah. Um, so, so the whole thing bad. is just, it's funny. Uh, I mean, yep. only Harbaugh could get away with doing that, too. Right. Can you imagine if, like, ah, fuck, I don't know, Les Miles or somebody would have done that? Kirk Ferentz. No, Les Miles oh. is crazy enough to get away with. If it was, like, Kirk Ferentz or, like, Urban Meyer. Nick Saban. I think Saban just gets a pass on anything. Yeah, I mean, he can. Because everybody's too scared fine. to criticize him. Uh, I would honestly like to see Les Miles go over there because I think that Tommy Tuberville, <laughs> Mike Leach. Now we're just naming crazy coaches. Uh, um, so, yeah. not to get too far off topic, real quick, but apparently Tommy Tuberville's running for the governor of uh, Alabama. Yes. Oh, awesome. And he's very like. Uh, there's a decent chance that he could win. I mean, he looks like a politician. He has the hair of a politician. I mean, his um, his only competition is uh, Governor Bentley, who's one of the most corrupt governors in the country. But that's hmm. a conversation for a different day. Cool. Uh, last All thing right, we have. We're just going to skip this oh, last skip bullet it? point. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I mean, yeah. none of us know that, anything about it. It says uh, yeah, George Hunter is forgoing his senior yeah. year to go for 
seminary school, and that's really it. Which is kind of cool. Yeah, that's uh, cool. That, I like okay, a uh, little bit of a tangent here before we move on to the two-minute drill. Yeah. But um, there was a running back for St. Thomas. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're starting running back. He transferred from a, like an FCS school somewhere out in Colorado or Wyoming. Yeah. But anyway, he went to St. Thomas because they had a seminary, okay. and he joined the seminary. All right. Which I thought was kind of cool. Neat. Even though I hated him because he scored too many touchdowns against the Johnnies, but oh well. <laughs> See, I thought you were talking about the same school there for a minute. <laughs> you know what? Fuck off. I don't want to talk to you anymore. We went over this whole thing beforehand before you got in. Uh, yes, we the did. My roommate hates you. Uh, and I, I kept saying St. Thomas when I was. Or no, I kept saying St. John's when I meant to say St. Thomas or whatever it is. I don't even care. You, you kept saying St. Thomas and you meant St. John's. Yeah, that's what it was. Because Man. you have trouble picking the far superior school. It's understandable. Because they're two well, schools I've literally fan. never heard of. You should come up for a game sometime. No. <laughs> well, that was definitive. Um, cool. Too damn cold. Also, besides the point, speaking of great reasons why you should come to St. John's, I have a bottle of fresh St. John's maple syrup in my lunchbox. <laughs> You okay? You were just confirming stereotypes that Minnesota is basically Canada at this point. Yep. It's wonderful. I, I got a bottle of St. Canada's John's not so bad. So yeah, you cannot buy this stuff. It's wonderful. It's bootleg maple syrup. Basically, you know, syrup runners. You know, people trying to outrun the cops with their their I don't know, the moonshine syrup. <laughs> they do use it to make beer. It's an okay beer. Hmm. All right. Uh, Two-minute drill. Favorite draft pick. Y'all go. I don't have one. Duncan's favorite was Corey Davis in the first round. Sure. Um, Why not? My favorite draft pick for my homer team was uh, uh, Sidney Jones out of Washington in the second round. We talked about him after he tore his Achilles at his pro day. Um, The dude is a monster, and before his injury, he's the guy that I wanted the Eagles to draft in the first round. So I'm pretty happy they got him in the second. Um, and I'm, you know, hoping he makes a full recovery. Um, I'm also just, my my favorite non-homer pick was Desmond King in the fifth. Um, yeah. I wish Lucas was here because he would just, I, I'm glad Lucas isn't here because he would just gush about Desmond King for the next, like, hour. Um, but that is a steal. The Chargers are going to love him. Um, I'm also going to hijack this real quick to talk about potentially one of my least favorite picks. Wait, hold um, on. Before you do that, we, can I actually say what my real favorite pick was? Sure. Go uh, for it. it was Chad Kelling going last in the draft. Oh, Yes, it's the most perfect thing. It really is. Like it, it couldn't be more perfect. Did you guys see the photo that was like making the rounds on the internet, um, like during no. like the second or early third day of the draft, where Chad Kelly was like just sleeping on his couch during the draft, <laughs> just like he had like just fallen asleep, no. waiting for a team to call him. Um, That's funny. Anyway, he's competing with touchdown Trevor Simeon, so uh, you know that won't go very well for him. Um, yeah. But I want to talk about the Eagles drafting Nate Gary in the fifth round. Yeah. Um, I think I've mentioned it at least to you guys. I don't know if I've talked about it on the show. But uh, Nate Gary went to my high school, and oh, yeah, he's yeah, just, yeah. like, kind of a dick, uh, right? Just, like, one of those guys who was, like, a little cocky. He was always, like, the biggest and fastest and best and just kind of thought he ran things. Um, and then he went to Nebraska and was pretty good. Um, and then his senior year – and, you know, I was getting to the point where I was like, all right, like, this guy's cool. He's representing South Dakota and my school well. Like, I'll support him. And then his senior year, he just decides, like, oh, I'm going to the NFL. I don't need to go to classes. Um, so he ended up getting suspended as the defensive captain. He was suspended for the bowl game this year because he did not maintain his academic eligibility because he didn't go to class. Um, and, like, the word on the street is, like, he needed a D in a pottery class to uh, keep a 2.0, and he couldn't do it. And I'm just like, fuck, Jeez. I don't want this guy on my team. Um, yeah. Anyway, that was a long talk. Go, James. Uh, well, we're actually having to fill for James because James had to, to disappear for a little bit. And, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so I guess we'll just oh. cut him out entirely. Uh, James' favorite pick was, uh, let's see, James' nope, favorite nope. pick was Kevin King to... No, nah, hey, uh, looks like he's back. James, you back? Packers. I'm back. Okay. Do yeah. not try to pigeonhole me into thinking that Kevin King is a good pick. <laughs> Kevin King to the Packers. <laughs> Um, is James' um, favorite pick? I I think my favorite pick actually was Pat Elfline to the uh, to the Vikings. A little bit of a homer here, but uh, we needed offensive line help. He was probably the best interior lineman on the board ever. Yeah, in the draft. So um, you'll have just like a favorite just a pick overall, pick. not like you know homer picks, just 
real quick. I mean, I said Desmond uh, King. I, okay. Yeah. Uh, Desmond King was a pretty good steal, too, going in the fifth round of the Chargers. I thought he had first-round talent written all over him. Yeah. Wait, who? Um, Desmond King. Sorry, who are you talking about? Desmond King. Oh, okay, sorry. I thought I, I thought you said another name and cut out. Yeah, Desmond King. Jabril Peppers. <laughs> Jabril Peppers, Jesus. CJ Beathard. me. Oh. Um, yep, also, uh, let's see. Mitch Leidner did not go in the first round. Wait, you so mean Todd future McShay first round draft pick Mitch Leidner? Yeah. He's still a future um, first round draft pick. He's going to get redrafted next year. Yeah. They're going to redact the draft this year and put him in as number one. <laughs> yes. Does anyone have any last words uh, as we wrap this up? I'm really glad the draft is over so I don't have to talk about it anymore. <laughs> uh, I actually want to say something. Go for um, it. So Please I just disappeared off the podcast for a minute. Um, sorry, guys. I'll let you down. But. My friend Brian just got back from London. He was studying abroad for a semester, yeah. so I had to meet my mic and go say hi to him. Hi, Brian. Which? Hi, Brian. He's not here anymore. Oh, bye, Brian. His name is Brian, right? His name is okay. Brian. Yeah. He's like the coolest guy you'll ever meet, and I'm glad he's back. All right. So well, yeah. So I guess that it. just about concludes it for for this week's episode. Um, we haven't, you know, been super consistent in our recording, but we put off this week's because of the draft. Uh, because some amongst us thought that it would be silly to have, you know, one episode that was kind of stingy for content and then have another one afterward. And, I mean, I agree with it. It ended up working out uh, just fine. Uh, but, you know, hopefully as the season goes on, we or the off season goes on, we get closer to the season, we get back on a regular schedule. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, we will definitely uh, be watching out for uh, – you know, the Quality Loss podcast, um, making some appearances on social media, um, maybe getting a nice new logo on getting iTunes. Getting a nice new logo for, uh, our, for our SoundCloud because it still says the No Huddle podcast. Yep. Um, yeah, so keep an eye on that and stay tuned to future episodes. Um, you know, we got some things in the works that we're pretty excited about. Um, yeah. So. So my last words are that Pat Fitzgerald just got an extension that will keep him here for the next 10 years, and I always make fun of Iowa for doing this with Ferens, but I'm so happy because I love yeah. Fitz. He's like the perfect coach for Northwestern. He's never going to leave. It's awesome. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Plot twist. He takes the Alabama job in three years when saving the That would be I wouldn't blame him. But apparently he turned down. Apparently he was like a leading candidate for the Texas job when they hired Strong, and he didn't take it. So, I mean, um, no offense, but I don't know that would have worked out too well for Texas. Why wouldn't you leave a place where the occasional 10-win season is enough uh, to make your fans love you? Because you get paid, like, six win. times more. Um, probably more than six, but... I mean, anyway. I don't know. I, I don't know if that would have been a good move for him, but we'll leave that for another day. Uh, anyway. So, yeah, thanks for joining us. Uh, we'll hopefully be back next week, but, you know, if it doesn't work out, doesn't work out. We got all, you know, our own lives to deal with. We can't always devote everything to podcasts as much as we would love to. Uh, yep. So, you know, just keep an eye out for us. We'll be around. All right. Go Cats. <laughs>